The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Wimbet. Wimbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, Wimbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup Free Roll. $250 cash and a $250 gift card to the winner. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Let's play football. World Cup! Gucci, back in it comes, and it's headed in by Morata. Spain in front, and Alvaro Morata has scored in all three of their games so far. First two as a substitute, this one from the start. It was made to look like child's play. Morata has another go, that one was straight at Gonda. Rodri, this is better from Japan pressing and Simon does as we've seen take all the time that he dare much better from Japan and it's in and it's an absolute rocket from Doan making a difference immediately there was none of that first half suddenly they're pressing they're playing with pace and it's paid off it's a change up and that's Tanaka. Played right across. And it's in for another. Well, Japan's players thought so. Victor Gomez is just calling for the game to stop. Simon struggling. Let's see here. This is it. it was by Brighton's Mitoma to keep the ball in Marco Asensio spilled by Gonda and Yoshida was there crucially so all Japan have got to do here I say all it's a tall order they just have to keep Spain out but Spain are passing through Danny Olmo Straight into Gonda's breadbasket. It's booted away, and Japan reach the round of 16 in the most unpredictable, unbelievable way. So a monumental upset which saw Japan beat Spain after beating Germany earlier on in the competition to qualify. Germany are out 
and Japan have won the group. Obviously, this is surrounded in controversy because there are a lot of pictures surfacing on social media showing the ball going out. It's almost unthinkable at this point in time with football and the technology that we have with VAR and with a microchip being inside the ball that this goal would be allowed to stand if the ball was actually out. I have sourced the best explanation for this that I've found. It came from Benin Sports where Mike Dean, EPL referee, former EPL referee, is working for the channel and this is what he had to say about why the goal ended up standing. So there's an angle I've managed to get hold of. So uh-huh. that's still not on the line. No. That's further back. So even from there, if you look at that, there's no way you can't see any of the green grass yeah. between that ball and the white line. Okay. So what is the technology that's used for that? The technology would be because every player's got like 29 data points on the body, uh-huh. they'll know when the players kick the ball. When the foot touches the ball, that will trigger off a signal in the ball and on the player. That will know when the players touch the ball, if the ball went out or not, and it didn't. The technology we use for offside, yeah. when you, we have that line yeah. straight do they use that in situations situation? They like could this? use the technology for the camera, but they can't use the same thing as like the ball in behind the goal because there's cameras in the goal for right. the goal. This so what system. you're saying is, what they've done, and I, I bet they, they probably didn't have this angle, did they? I wouldn't have thought so. No. I've just managed so to get what they've done is they've taken what we've seen, yeah. right? When the ball was kicked... Yeah. And even with, without being able to get right on the line and see definitively... Well, there, there, is one angle, there is one angle that I've seen before. That there's, a, there's an angle from bang where the corner flag looking down and you can see it and it doesn't look if it's, if it's off. It doesn't look if the ball's out then if we can if It doesn't look that. if the ball's out. It doesn't know. So you're, you're saying that was the right decision? I think that was a good it's, decision? It's the correct decision, yeah. They wouldn't have made a decision up for the sake of it. They would have used the technology and got to the right decision. Yeah. So he remains adamant that they would have had to get to the right decision and you would have to assume that is correct. Don't forget, a lot of people don't know the rule. They're throwing out these pictures and they don't know the rules. And that's been consistent with this World Cup, with these part-time football experts coming onto social media, not knowing how the um, tiebreaker process works in groups. Yesterday, we had very little understanding of the Mexico-Poland situation. Nobody knew that it would come down to bookings. And uh, when Saudi Arabia scored that goal on the counter-attack, everybody said, oh, that's it, Mexico are out, whereas the goal didn't really change their situation at all. The reason they were going out was on the yellow cards, but the tiebreaker that comes after goal difference is goal scored. So Mexico always needed to score a third goal. Had Saudi scored it and Mexico scored, they would have won the game 3-1. It would have been the same goal difference, but they would have scored more goals. And a lot of people reacted like that was it, done and dusted when Saudi Arabia scored because they didn't know the tiebreaker situation. And this has been consistent throughout the World Cup. This is what happens when you get part-timers and casuals. And and I have no problem with part-timers. I have no problem with casuals. I have no problem with casual bettors wanting to bet on the World Cup. That's what we're here for. That's why we do a podcast. But don't pretend to be an expert. Don't pretend to be somebody who is winning people money here on this World Cup. Even I myself, who has made money for years and years and years, almost a decade here on this podcast, I've struggled at times with this World Cup, particularly at the beginning. I put out some pretty poor futures. Luckily, my biggest future has hit and some are in very good positions. Um, It took three or four days to kind of work out what was going on. It took three or four days uh, to know when to sit certain games out. And today I sat out the entire 
final group between uh, Japan, Germany, Costa Rica and Spain, I just had a feeling that it wasn't a good spot to play anything. And um, that proved to be correct, unless, of course, you took Japan money line. I did have a hunch for Japan money line, to be honest with you. I had a feeling that Spain were going to make wholesale changes because second place looked a little bit better than first place with you playing Morocco instead of Croatia. And especially when I saw that Spain team coming out, but I didn't back it. I thought there was a possibility that Spain's second team would come out and play for places in the next round because obviously these are rotated players. They want to stake their claim for a for a place in the team. That's why they're in the squad, but they didn't do that. They were poor, especially in the second half. They showed no fight back once Japan got ahead. It's almost like they were settling for that result, but it was ironic because for a few minutes, they themselves were going out of the competition where Costa Rica unbelievably went ahead in that game. So an unbelievable day of football. We haven't even began to talk about the the Belgian game where Romelu Lukaku missed not one, not two, not three, but four sitters to send Belgium out of the competition. Before we do that, let me let you know, you guys are, of course, listening to your World Cup Match Day 13 preview here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And of course, you can follow my Twitter account. I am at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. I'm about to swap the pin tweet on that account. It currently is the month of October. And I'm going to swap it for the month of November, which was our 114th month in a row of Transparent Track Profit over at LockBetting.com. The pin tweet on that account will always be the PL from the previous month at LockBetting.com. And you can sign up for the month of December to get your World Cup knockout plays, your NFL plays, and every other sport that we decide to bet as we chase the 115th month of profit on the service. So, yes, Belgium are out as well. That's not a big surprise to me. I did say at the start of the tournament, that I expected this team to fall well short and that they weren't a contender. They were ultimately just too old, but I didn't think they would lack that much creativity. Obviously, it was key that they didn't have their main striker throughout this tournament. And when he did play, he missed four sitters that meant that Belgium were out of the competition. On the balance of play, the way they played throughout this tournament, they didn't really deserve to go through. As for Croatia, they end up getting through with two draws and a win and they're in second place. And if you look at who they're playing in the next round, that was that must almost feel like they've won the group because they're the team that come up against Japan. But obviously you can't look past Japan because they've already got themselves a win over Germany. They've already got themselves a win over Spain. But if Croatia are fully in gear here for this game, you would expect them to go through against Japan. The other game is Spain against Morocco. And I think it would be very, very funny if Spain were bitten in the ass for somewhat deliberately playing for this matchup. They are now in a side of the draw where they get to play Morocco instead of Croatia. And if they do come through that, they are likely to play Portugal in the quarterfinals. So Morocco and Portugal seems like a much easier route than Croatia and Brazil. So obviously, some would speculate that that was done intentionally. But I'm not sure that Morocco is a good matchup for Spain. I feel like if they were up against Croatia, Croatia and the way that they play are somewhat of a worse version of Spain. I feel like Spain are a good technical footballing team who like to dominate possession. And I felt like they could have done that against Croatia. 
Croatia and knocked them out, much like they did at Euro 2020. Spain should not be fearing Croatia. Perhaps it was the look ahead against Brazil. But when you come up against Morocco, this is a physical team. They're very, very difficult to break down. They're going to put men behind the ball. And this is a Spain team today that couldn't break down Japan once Japan got ahead. And uh, are notoriously finding it difficult to break teams down that effectively sit in with a low block. And that's what Morocco have done very, very well in this competition. They did not allow Croatia to score. They did not allow Belgium to score. And the only way Canada scored today was via a horrible goal pick, goalkeeping error by the Moroccan goalkeeper. So if Spain are thinking this is the easy route through to the quarterfinal where they will play their closest rivals, Portugal, I think they're sadly mistaken because I think Morocco are going to put up some serious resistance And it could take the full 120 minutes for Spain to break down Morocco. But I don't want to look too far ahead here at the round of 16 ties because tomorrow we will be releasing a full round of 16 preview. I will also be appearing on the Sports Gambling Podcast on the YouTube channel as well to break down the round of 16, primarily focusing on the USA versus the Netherlands. So we're going to move on to covering the games here from Group G and H will be taking place, which will be taking place tomorrow. Before we do that, let me take a second out to tell you guys about WinBet. Because if you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is the place to go. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in a same-game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Now, the offer subjects can change. Terms and conditions available at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. You or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So moving on with tomorrow's games, it looks like two of the groups are done and dusted in terms of who wins them. It looks like Portugal are going to emerge as the winners of Group H. And it looks like Brazil have wrapped up Group G. Both of the two teams have a 100% record. And therefore, we need to be weary of rotated teams tomorrow. We saw rotation from Spain. And we could see some significant rotation from both Portugal and Brazil. In fact, it's all been but it's all but been confirmed by the Brazilian media that they will be putting out a heavily rotated team. But as I've said throughout this competition, the Brazil rotated team is almost as strong as the Brazil first team. Perhaps not in some positions when you're looking at the fullbacks that come in, when you're looking at Danny Alves playing at right back, for example, and Alex Tellez at left back, the the former Manchester United left back. But elsewhere on the field, when you're looking at Anthony coming in up top, Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus, this is a stack, stack squad and you would still expect them to get past Cameroon. Before we get there, we're going to start with the biggest game of the day. It's Ghana versus Uruguay. Now, I understand that Serbia versus Switzerland later on is still a playoff, but there is big, big history here between these two sides. And that's because it was Uruguay who in 2010 denied Ghana 
from being the first ever African team in the history of the World Cup to advance through to the semi-final. Now, you may be thinking, well, why is that a big reason for revenge? Teams beat each other all of the time. Well, Ghana were going to score in the 120th minute of extra time until Luis Suarez jumped up with the hand of the devil and denied Ghana a goal, a clear goal with a blatant handball that got him sent off. Ghana then went on to miss the subsequent penalty and Uruguay, after blatantly cheating in that moment, ended up winning the penalty shootout and uh, ended up advancing to the semi-final, putting Ghana out. Luis Suarez was actually asked a question about this, and instead of dampening things and somewhat diffusing the situation, he ended up pouring petrol onto the fire. Have a listen to this. Now, this was one of the big storylines when the World Cup draw was made, and we're just one day away now from Uruguay against Ghana, 12 years on from a Luis Suarez handball that played its part in preventing Ghana from becoming the first ever African nation to reach a World Cup semi-final. An important game between you, Uruguay, and Ghana. Uh, your handball stopped the penal, I mean, stopped uh, Dominique Adia's uh, opportunity at goal from going in. The, the, there's been a lot of talk over the years in Ghana. They consider you as El Diablo, the devil himself. Uh, I spoke to fans yesterday, and they are looking forward to maybe retiring you ahead of this. Uh, I mean, from the World Cup with this game. Have you ever considered apologising? Did you ever uh, think about it? Apologise to the Ghana uh, national team for that incident. And uh, what do you think about tomorrow's game? Perhaps being your final game in the World Cup. And the first time, uh, I don't, I don't say the apologise about that because I take the handball, the ball, but uh, the Ghana player. Uh, miss a penalty, not me. Uh, maybe I can say apologize if I take a tackles and take injury the player and take a red card. Maybe I can say apologize. But in this situation, the red, the I take a red card. The ref say penalty. It's not my fault because I don't miss the penalty. You see the the, play, the player miss a penalty. He say he do it the same in this situation. It's not my responsibility to, to shoot the penalty. Just say sorry, move on. Yeah, those uh, Luis Suarez comments sound kind of familiar. I'm trying to think where I've heard something similar before. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Yeah, that was it. That was the one. Same energy there. Same energy, 100%. So moving on to the actual game. This is a game that Uruguay have to win and they will need 
Portugal to avoid a defeat against South Korea in order to go through. If South Korea end up beating Portugal and Uruguay end up beating Ghana, it'll come down to goal difference. And Portugal can still lose this group. Portugal aren't 100% guaranteed, just 99% guaranteed to win the group because Ghana, if they can pick up a win against Uruguay and Portugal are significantly beaten by South Korea or Ghana pick up a significant win against Uruguay and Portugal lose to South Korea, then Ghana can overturn the goal difference. At the moment, Ghana have a zero goal difference. They won 3-2 and lost 3-2. And Portugal have a goal differential of plus three. So it would need a big turnaround. I think Portugal will be confident that their rotated team can avoid a, a defeat. Therefore, Uruguay should be able to advance with a win. But you never know after what we saw today. Uruguay are fortified favourites to win this on the money line. It's 11-4 on the draw. And it's 4-1 here on Ghana. Uruguay have looked somewhat underwhelming so far in this competition. They created some chances against South Korea. I thought they were actually better against Portugal. They were unlucky not to get anything from that game. But ultimately, they sit here with a single point. And um, it's difficult to really make a case for the team. I think the easiest way to bet this for me would be to take Uruguay to Cash the over 1.5 team total, which is available for you here at plus money, even money, plus 100. I prefer that to taking Uruguay on the money line because this Ghana team, they've scored five goals in two games, but they've also conceded five goals in two games. So they've conceded over this one and a half in every single game. And the onus is on Uruguay to come out and win it. I also think both teams could find a net here. So Uruguay may need two goals to win it with five goals being scored in each of Ghana's opening two matches. And therefore, I do expect goals. I expect Uruguay to abandon the cautious approach that they have adopted so so far as they must win and they may need to win by a by more than a goal given what happens in the Korea Portugal game because as I said Portugal are going to rotate and it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Korea could be winning that game so I'm going to take a punt here on Uruguay to release the shackles show what they can do go for it here and uh, and try to score the goals that they need in order to win this game and I'm more confident about that than I am in taking Uruguay on the money line just because I'm a little bit weary of Ghana being able to find the back of the net here. They've shown that they can attack. They've scored five goals so far. And initially, this is going to be a tight and cagey game because Ghana are going to try and sit in and protect what they have. But if we can get the breakthrough here in the first 20 minutes, half an hour, it does open the game up and it makes our play a lot likely to cash because then we see a wide open attacking game. Whoever scores the first goal, the other team need to abandon their strategy. Of course, if it's Ghana on the counter-attack, that's not good for the money line. But for us, it doesn't really make any difference to how Uruguay are going to approach this game. If Uruguay score the first goal, Ghana are going to come out looking for the equaliser and the game will open up and Uruguay will be able to score a second. If Ghana score the first goal in this game, it doesn't matter to us because Uruguay just have to keep doing what they had to do from the kickoff. So I'd rather be in this position and we're getting better odds than I would taking Uruguay on the money line against a team that have already scored five goals in their first two games. So I'm expecting 
expecting a very different Uruguay game tomorrow. Obviously, Ghana have a massive incentive that we just discussed to knock Uruguay out of this competition. And I do feel that we'll see a open game tomorrow rather than a cagey one. Definitely a cagey opening. Definitely don't think we'll see a goal scored in the first 20, 25 minutes. So if you're thinking about taking the over or anything like that, it might be worth waiting because initially Ghana are going to sit in. But so far, we've seen that they're not capable of doing that with the goals that they've conceded so far. Five goals conceded in the first two games, five goals scored. I don't think they're a team who are capable of sitting in with a low block and stopping Uruguay. What they don't want to do is implement that strategy successfully for the first 45 minutes and then concede a goal at some point in the second half, giving them a lot less time to get back into the game. So uh, I believe we will see a first half goal, which puts us in a good position to cash this play on the Uruguay team total in this one. Up next, we look at that game here between South Korea and Portugal, where Portugal are the three to four favourites. It's 11 to four in the draw and it's 18 to five here on South Korea. I think South Korea could definitely make things interesting here. They're obviously a live dog, especially after what we just saw Japan do against Spain. Similar situation here in this game. I think the safest way to approach this would be to take both teams to score. Portugal conceded twice against Ghana and face a South Korea team who are desperate for a win. They're going to come out straight away looking to score. The underdogs have scored in 10 of the last 12 matches and will need to push forward here against Portugal. I do think Portugal will be able to score themselves, especially when you look at the rotated players coming in, because these rotated players, they're looking for a place in the team. And while we didn't see that from Spain today, I don't think these players came all the way to the World Cup to sit on the bench. I think they're going to want to make their claim. This isn't a situation where they're looking at an easier tie. I think Spain had it in the back of their mind that losing that game wasn't a terrible result for them if they got to play Morocco instead of Croatia and then they would be away from Brazil in the quarterfinal as well. I think that was in the back of Spain's mind. For Portugal, that doesn't exist. I think Portugal, they need to avoid playing Brazil in the round of 16. So they don't want to finish second in this group at all. So I don't think they're going to rotate to the point where they risk losing this game. I think we'll see four, five, maybe six changes. But I think we could see players like Cristiano Ronaldo playing. I don't think in his final World Cup, he wants to be rested at all. So ultimately, I think both teams to score is the best way to approach this until you see the teams. And we're actually getting plus money in the selection here at the price of 21 to 20 here in this one. Moving on to Group F, and we begin with the game here between Cameroon and Brazil, where Brazil are the two to five favourites. It's 19 to five on the draw, and it's seven to one here on Cameroon. Cameroon still have an outside chance of qualifying. They will need a draw in the other game, or they'll need a Serbia win. And they'll need to beat the goal difference of Serbia by getting a convincing win over Brazil. It doesn't seem very likely. I think this Brazilian team will still be able to win. So far, Brazil have only faced one shot on target at their goal. And um, it would surprise me to see Cameroon even score here. I like Brazil and under four and a half goals in this game. Or you can take Brazil to nil at plus money, six to five plus 120. Brazil are unbeaten in 17 matches since their Copa America final defeat against Argentina last year. And have won 10 of those games to nil. And so far, I stand corrected, they haven't allowed a single shot on target at their goal. Now, we are looking 
at a fully rotated back line. I think Militao is the only player that's going to stay in, but he's not going to be playing right back like he did in the last game. I think he's moving over to centre-back. But still, I've been talking a lot about how this Brazil team has the deepest squad in the tournament. So I need to put my money where my mouth is here and say that bringing these players in won't make a load of difference and they should still be able to win this game. Brazil under four and a half goals is my main lean here for this one. Up next, we look at the playoff decider between Switzerland and Serbia. The winner goes through. However, Switzerland are in the position where they can draw the game and go through because Serbia so far have only picked up one point. That was via their draw against Cameroon. So it is a must-win game for them, whereas Switzerland, they can qualify with a draw. Switzerland come into this with the goal difference of zero Whereas Serbia come into this with the goal difference of minus two after their loss to Brazil and their draw with Cameroon. Cameroon, they go into their game against Brazil with a goal difference of minus one. So there is a way where this game could be a draw and Cameroon could overtake Switzerland, but they would need to beat Brazil by two goals. So lots of permutations. We're seeing that all across the board with these group stage games. For me, I think Serbia could find a way to win this game. I think on paper, they are a better team than Switzerland. Switzerland have more tournament experience. But when you're looking through the Serbia squad, you see quality from back to front. And they really should be doing better. They really should have seen out that win against Cameroon, which would have put them in a much better position here. They were 3-1 up in that game. So their defence has let them down. And therefore, I don't think coming into this game with any sort of pragmatic approach would be wise for them. I think they should just take the game by the throat, go for the jugular and go all out attack here to try and get the win. I think Switzerland would find it difficult to cope with them if Serbia do do that. Let's not forget at the end of the day, this is a Serbia team who won a group with Portugal in it and Portugal had to qualify via playoffs. So if Serbia do get through here, Portugal won't necessarily want to see Serbia in the round of 16, but that looks like a real possibility if if Serbia can get the win. Serbia coming to this having lost two of the last 20 competitive matches and I fancy to record a much needed win against Switzerland here who have failed to impress so far in Qatar, just scrapping out a 1-0 win against Cameroon and deciding to park the bus against Brazil until Casemiro finally opened them up. Switzerland didn't record a shot on target in their last Group G game against Brazil, but in saying that, neither did Serbia against Brazil either. And in Alexander Mitrovic, he has scored seven times in Serbia's last seven competitive games. He's the best striker on the pitch. He's tearing it up in the EPL this season, the most difficult league to play in in world football. And I believe that across the board, Serbia have more talent. And I'll be taking them here in the draw no bet market as a pick at the price of 10 to 11 minus 110. This pushes if the game ends up being a draw. So that's it for me and your match day 13 preview. I'll be back tomorrow with the round of 16. Until then, good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.